I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Whoops. Oopsies. Okay. Welcome to My Vagina. I'm Jesse Karen. I'm Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably researched. Just kidding, it's definitely researched. All right, well, for those of you who don't know this week, Ivanka posted a completely tone-deaf photo of her and her baby while the Trump administration is allowing ICE to rip babies from the arms of their mothers. There's a, actually audio of Jeff Sessions saying we can take kids from their parents at the border. Yeah, you can. But should but you? But you shouldn't no. do it. Sure shouldn't. Anyway, Sam B. acknowledged it on her show and ended it by calling Ivanka Trump a feckless cunt. Yes, I said it. Yeah. A cunt. Cunt. Basically using a hot button word that everyone makes everyone clutch their pearls. And I think they don't even know why. Thus completely missing the point that she was making, which was a pretty, pretty valid point. Yeah. That's my that's my honestly like my only complaint about it. And it's not even like a complaint about Samantha B, except that in that realm of she should have known better that this word is so is such a it's such a hot button word that anything that you say gets lost because the entire fucking debate ends up being around a word that in this context was completely appropriately used. But it's I'm just also sucks. really upset that she apologized. Me too. Because um, I love Sam, Sam B. And I think she knows that she used this in the correct mm-hmm. way. I'm, I'm not going to read Rebecca Traster's tweet. We can put that in the episode notes. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. But to, to try and paraphrase it, she basically says that language's ability to inflict harm depends on the power of who is wield- wielding it and against whom it's being wielded, which I think is a really important point just from the get-go. Because B went after Ivanka Trump for supporting an administration that is doing harm to families and 
family's lives and human beings and so she's acting on behalf of less powerful people. And if we also bear it out in the in the way that like Ivanka Trump is doing, like you were saying, is doing the bidding of the Trump administration, mm. which is causing a lot of harm to a lot of families and specifically poor people and people of color and women. Mm. She used this language to point out the fact that Ivanka Trump is a person that has power. Yeah. And she's using and she has a platform by which she could speak out against her father's policy yeah. because the policy is a bad one, but she's not. And so that makes her a feckless cunt. It- <laughs> <laughs> That's what math taught me. It just pisses me off because cunt is an Anglo-Saxon word that was used to describe an anatomical portion of a woman's body. What we should be asking is why is a term for female anatomy being deemed derogatory? And and also what frustrated me was that being compared to what Roseanne Barr said, which is garbage because calling somebody an ape is steeped in centuries worth of racism and those are just two separate narratives she used it to critique a woman because of how that woman is acting on behalf of the patriarchy just because Ivanka Trump is female doesn't mean that she's acting in the best interests of women like I know that there's like this ridiculous idea steeped in patriarchal bullshit and racist nonsense that you know there's something pure and good about a white blonde woman and you know there's why did she pick that day to post it and samantha b apologized but ivanka trump didn't there's no persecution of the powerful so like (laughs) right right and and there and there is very accessible feminist literature you can even access it by looking at rebecca traster's twitter feed about why Samantha Bee's use of the word was not incorrect in by any stretch of the imagination and and why it actually made her point better. To simplify it, Bee's deployment, and this is something Rebecca Tracer says more eloquently than I'm going to, but Bee's deployment was against misogynistic, racist, like the whole administration, and Roseanne was in support of it. Right. She reinforced what the administration is putting out. I believe the children are Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense. Today we're going to talk about incels. Probably a trigger alert yeah. warning. Word incel is a combination of the words involuntary and celibacy. Um, and what I actually learned, which the word incel was coined initially in the 90s by a female Canadian college student, it created a space to discuss her own sexual inactivity. Mm-hmm. She started a website called Alana's Involuntary Celibacy Project. And it was an open forum where people of all genders were able to talk about their own experiences. It was about being an inclusive and understanding space it was for supportive. people. It was, yeah. yeah. For like, you know, people who didn't have sex for various reasons mm-hmm. due to disability trauma deep-seated insecurities and it was it was a Social space anxiety. for those yeah it was a space for those people to feel safe and comfortable and exchange ideas this word was then co-opted and turned into what it is today by chris chan 4chan yeah. reddit and so now it's mostly a bunch of young white men by and large, and uh, overwhelmingly white heterosexual males who define themselves as being unable to find romantic or sexual sexual partners, despite the fact that they want one. The latest ooze from the internet. Yeah. Because um, somehow it's our fault for not having sex with you. <laughs> always. And they think that by virtue of being white and male, they are entitled to sex. But not just sex with anybody. Oh, no. They only want to have sex with the people that they find they believe to be the most attractive 
Um, and those are the Stacys. But Stacy's only want to have sex with Chads. Chads are genetically beautiful men, apparently. So this is kind of like the beta revolt. The thing that really pisses me off, just as an aside, so there's the Chads and the Stacys, and then the the average women. Obviously, they're called Beckys, and I always really liked my name, but, <laughs> but why <laughs> Becky with the incels? Oh my god, it makes me so angry. Yeah, it, to me, it seemed they just weren't getting any women that. All women are vain and not interested in nice guys. They're not even considering the fact that maybe they just need to have some kind of self-improvement. Yeah. It's not <laughs> Sit about down and ask what, what's wrong with their personality and not the fact that they're unattractive. They blame Chad's for only having sex with the Stacys, who's the ideal, the people that they would want to have sex with. And they're okay having sex with the Beckys, who are average women. Mm-hmm. But Stacys are just like the genetically, the like cream of the crop. And then a lot of the Beckys want to just sleep with the Chads because the Chads are the alpha males. And it's this whole like stupid hierarchical bullshit. This whole community determines a woman's worth based on their sexual availability. But but then calling her a slut at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like they're shaming women. It contradicts what they're saying because they're shaming the exact thing that they desire. I mean, that's how you that's how you disempower people, I guess. And women can't be incels unless they are somehow deformed. So there have been women, I guess, that have tried to speak on incel websites. And unless those women admit to being deformed in some way, then they get kicked off because women run the sexual marketplace, according to these men. Wow. So the reason that we're talking about this, uh, it's an ongoing theme that women on online have been sounding the alarm about the incels for mm. like 10, 15 years. And obviously no one listens to them. Never mind the fact that the Southern Poverty Law Center has been watching male supremacist groups for a really long time. So we've got like, you know, men's rights guys and the pickup artists and all this kind of stuff. And incels are like one of the subgroups in the male supremacy tab Mm -hmm. on the Southern Poverty Law Center website. What makes it interesting to me is that for so long, women have been talking about how dangerous this is and how, how the kind of online abuse that female thinkers get from this group does actually translate into real life action. I was watching something that I thought was really interesting is that like these men think that they've been dealt a shitty deal, like some kind of injustice and that women are a commodity that should be dealt over the population, which is amazing. This guy was talking about how that most people shape their reality by the perception of their environment and their surroundings. So if these quote unquote chads walk into a room and they consider themselves equal, they're and, every, and that everyone likes them, they're showing their best, most redeeming side of themselves. Whereas if you walk in and think everyone hates you, regardless of whether that's true or not, your perception is giving you that. So everybody that you sit down and have a conversation with, you're questioning their motives and you're acting out and this becomes your reality. So yes, the way that we interact with the world, we all have our own perspective on the world and the way that we interact with the world and the way that we perceive the world to respond to us does impact the way that we think about ourselves and then continue forward. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like a reinforcing thing. And when you spend your time online in an echo chamber, Jessica Valenti made a really good point. She had um, an op-ed in the New York Times in which she said that we should call this misogynist terrorism. It's so easy for us to think about People getting radicalized to be religious terrorists of some kind. But these are actually men who become radicalized against women on the Internet. They're sitting in chat rooms. They, they already come from a space of feeling like they're not appreciated or they're 
not privileged for mm-hmm. some reason or that women are always fucking with them and stuff like that. They go into this room with a bunch of people who think rape should be legal. Some of them who think that women are basically just like the possessors of pussy and that everything else about them is, is unimportant. The only thing that gives women power is the fact that they have pussy. So the thing about this for me that on top of the fact that it's that talking about the real life action of it, the fact that there have been, we have Elliot Rogers, we have before him, George Sedini in 2009, Elliot Roger in 2014, Chris Harper Mercer in 2015, William Atchison in 2017, Nicholas Cruz in 2018, and Alex Manassian in 2018 mm-hmm. that have killed women specifically mm-hmm. for rebuffing them and have, have basically been like, women suck because they won't fuck me. And Alex Manassian's the one that really drew kind of mainstream attention to this issue because he wrote this, put out this manifesto that hearkened back to the supreme gentleman, Elliot Roger, mm-hmm. and how the incel rebellion had begun. People started paying attention. So the fact that that has, that there are like real world consequences and people are losing their lives mm-hmm. is a serious problem. Do I think that like some woman hating dude is going to show up and start killing people? Not really. I mean, most of them aren't going out there killing people. That's mm-hmm. the reality of it. The thing that's really been freaking me ab- out about it in like kind of the day to day level is the way that this has become like the kind of conversation that this has become kind of like how after Me Too, there became this fear of like the sex panic, this incel conversation. All of a sudden I start seeing these articles about redistributing sex in the marketplace and articles about how this is sort of feminists fault for being man-hating from people who think that they're feminists did you see that there was a i guess it's common on these chains that these men think that there should be almost a prison set up where men over 30 who are incels wizards Uh they call themselves wizards i didn't know that oh when they come of age as of 18 if you are still a virgin at 18 they call themselves wizards that's special Uh uh-huh So anyway, so if you're over 30, they think that you should have these communities, which is basically like they lock you up. You are offered this community and morphine and free sex workers. So that's kind of the interior incel dream is to get people to pay, give their tax dollars to uh, (laughs) this community where you can get morphine, sex. Yeah. (laughs) And call yourself a wizard. I mean, that's absurd. I don't know. (laughs) That sounds great. But I mean, you know, that's. There are people who live their lives thinking that this is like a thing that might happen or that they want to happen. This is like their dream. Like my dream is to go to Cat Island. <laughs> but like and like, sure, if the taxpayers want to pay for me to go to Cat Island, absolutely. <laughs> I will accept that check. But the things that worry me are um, this article by Ross Duthout for Duthat. Dohat, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I'm going to put it in the episode notes, though, for The New York Times. That's called The Redistribution of Sex. Mm-hmm. Basically, the whole premise of this idea and the way... Force women to have sex with people who they don't want to have sex with. And to basically say that rather than... So there are women who are involuntarily celibate as well and not in and i'm not saying in like the incel they're not incels but there's women who don't have sex who want to yeah but those women aren't going out and killing people and they're not creating yeah they're not creating chat rooms online and nobody is talking about them the girl who started the chat room wanted a place to have support and advice right to maybe be more socially interactive and to have more sexual awareness about herself and to feel like she's not the only one in the world who wanted to have sex and wasn't on top of all of this that's so frustrating and forced me to throw pencils down the hallway earlier today is that because it's men and because it's young mostly young white men talking about this all of a sudden there's 
articles popping up coming up with solutions to give these men what they want, which is sex, rather than to say, okay, there is an underlying problem here. And the mm-hmm. problem is not that women aren't fucking them. The problem isn't the women. The women aren't the problem. They're the problem. No, so, we don't owe you anything. Right. So rather than say, okay, well, the marketplace is going to respond to these desires by allowing for prostitution or sex robots or changing the norms of partnering and having conversations about what it means to partner up with people, and what sexual relationships are. They're bringing that up. And it's like, but these aren't reasonable people. And I'm reading articles in mainstream news sites being like, oh, well, maybe they have a point. They don't have a point. What point? They're crazy. They're misogynist monsters. Yeah, it's horrible that these men exist and that they have these ideas. But it's even more horrible that we try to make it seem reasonable. I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with the women. It's it's you. You, If these women aren't like, it's not like the alpha gets all the women and then like eats first and then the beta gets the scraps. That's not how it works. You're not connecting with somebody. It's not about your appearance. Learn learn the guitar. (laughs) Yeah. Brush your teeth. Do something. Be nice. Be nice. Think about your personality. If you're going online and you're threatening women's lives, there's a reason you're not getting laid. There is a part of me that on a bigger scale, and I almost want to look at like, how do we have to socialize men earlier (laughs) in order for them to not feel like women are some kind of commodity and they've been dealt this injustice and that women should be dealt over the population for them. Like, I don't know where they got that entitled sense from, but... I am curious, like, how do we move forward from here in terms of changing the narrative? And it's like this other guy brought up this point about decriminalizing and destigmatizing sex workers, saying that some people may never have sex and paying for sex is seen as negative and shameful. I think that seems like a reasonable one because sex work happens and with legal sex work, that means more protection and more safety for sex workers. Right. That's a super important thing. It's just, I keep reading these pieces. I'll read something by Jessica Valenti, which is like, what we're looking at is is misogyny turned into a form of terrorism. Mm-hmm. And these things that make sense to me, if you follow the path of how we define terrorism in a greater way. Right. And then, but then I, I look at all these, uh, at other articles and these like theorists who talk about um, how we never contended with the aftermath of the sexual revolution of the 1970s and never really rethought about the way that sex would work. The underlying meaning of that to me is women became in control of their own sexuality. The oh, sexual how dare they? Right, was about empowering women and, and making women feel like they were equal partners in having sex with somebody else. And so... The fact that these men can't get over their antiquated views of what sexual relationships are is not a problem of greater society, not mm-hmm. or not a problem of women not dealing with the aftermath of the sexual revolution. It's articles that that are offering theories that legitimize what incels are feeling, which is that like but we shouldn't we shouldn't legitimize the feelings that they're happening because they're not productive feelings. Right. Yeah, I mean, of course there are like debilitating factors involved in why some people have trouble communicating with other people. Most of them are just stuck in their own cycles. There is the difference between people who don't have sex who I'm sure f- who feel as though they're missing out on a huge part of life and what's and what's out there and they and and they want to have sex and they can't yeah. find partners and and that's not I can understand that. Right. And that's not fair. But the response to that, Mm -hmm. these people aren't getting together in a chat room and being like, let's kill all of these people who are denying us 
sex. Like that's a bigger thing that we have to talk about in terms of stigma and trauma and Mm -hmm. disability and like normalizing that and, and understanding that like all people are beautiful. All people have things to offer. All people are worthy, but not deserving of sex. Or I I guess not entitled to would be the better word to use. I mean, everyone deserves love, but nobody owes you that. And women definitely don't owe you that. Because sex is, should be about two consenting individuals. One of the things that I wanted to bring up, because I'm curious about your response to this, is there's this, he keeps coming up, this guy, Robin Hanson, who's a economist at George Mason. His theory basically If we are concerned about the just distribution of property and money, why do we assume that the desire for some sort of sexual redistribution is inherently ridiculous? Yes, thank you. The majority of people think that the incel community is an angry, sad group of people. But this is the stuff that scares me. It's these theoretical ideas that soften the ideas and legitimize the ideas of incels that make them more palatable to the general population. And having them in, I saw, I just saw, this is the New York Times. I saw something in the LA Times. I've seen a bunch of articles like this. This is the patriarchy and misogyny at work. This is what scares me. Just because you publish an article in which a known feminist writer talks about her, about how dangerous the, you know, the ideology (laughs) of inceldom is and the fact that, you know, it shares a similar beginning as Gamergate and men's rights movements and all of this kind of stuff just because you have that article doesn't mean you also need to have one Mm -hmm. that tries to theorize and offer counterpoints that somehow legitimize the thoughts of these people how big of a role does the reinforcement of internet communities plus like living in a patriarchal society play in creating a person with that ideal yeah like how is it that a title like a man should be allowed to choke his own wife to death as punishment for cutting her hair short without permission or other acts of gross insubordination be allowed online? Was that? Oh, that was Nathan that's Nathan Larson. Larson. I was going to I was like Nathan Larson or Paul Elam. I'm not sure which Ex- one could it be. No, it's Nathan Larson, which yeah. also and I really, really want to read this quote because I had to take a break from reading this article. This is a quote from Nathan Larson, a possible can. Is he a candidate? He's a candidate. He's running, I think, as an independent. Great. This is a quote from him. Why doesn't every peso just focus on making money so they can get a petty wife? Mm-hmm. Pedophile wife? Uh, yeah. And then either impregnate her with some fuck toys or adopt some fuck toys that would accommodate both those who are and aren't into incest. And of course, the adoption process lets you pick a boy or a girl. This is something he also said to incels. So basically saying that like this is how you can have sex. Create your own fuck toys by raping your own underage wife right and this is a man who raped his admits to having raped his former wife Mm -hmm. Um, and and doesn't think that incels should have to pay taxes for schools welfare and other support for children right other children's men sorry right yeah it's other men's children (laughs) other other children's men (laughs) 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 get it out get it out get it out get it out I'm like Um, scared for any woman or child who crosses the paths of people who have these mindsets. Yeah. And yeah, it's just like. At what point are you beyond help? You see these communities and and Reddit did get rid of the incel subreddit. Um, Of course, they they always find other places to come up. But it's also like how often do communities have to get numbers behind them in order to get something taken off of Twitter? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Especially women and people of color. There is a very self-selecting number of people who would fall in with the incel rhetoric. And that is 
I would say a relatively fixed number. Like there's not going to be an overwhelm. We're not going to be overwhelmed by incels. It's really, this is the thing. Like I was reading about incels and I was getting really angry about it. But what I really get angry about is people who aren't incels who make arguments based in a patriarchal mindset Mm. that just legitimizes some of the points that they're making. And that is how we get overrun by this idea Mm -hmm. of women owing sex. And that's how these ideas creep in. This is how Trump has been doing it. This and is because how somebody who has like a seems rational. Yes. Makes it exactly. makes it seem like an okay theory. Yeah. And like But women are not your property. And I really want these theorists to start working on something that's actually to the positive to the improvement of society rather than to the detriment. You would never offer a space to someone arguing about the legitimacy of eugenics because that is wrong. Mm -hmm. And we all know that it's wrong and it's racist and it's based in a lot of fucking years, decades of, of racist ideology. And you would never put that on an opinion page. Why do we allow for these things that reinforce things that make women unsafe? What do you think happens if one of the incels gets laid? Do they get, like, banished from the group? That's a good question. I mean, Nathan Larson is not an incel. No. No, he's not an incel. he addresses it, doesn't he? He is, and I don't even know what this word is. Okay. Hebophilic? Hebophilia is the strong, persistent sexual interest by adult in... Oh, it's pedophilia. Oh, great. Yeah, I'll just... Here, I'll read you a nice... This is just another word for pedophilia. He calls himself a hebophilic rapist. And not a typical incel because he raped his ex-wife. Okay. He bragged about it. So hebophilia. Who later committed suicide. Yeah. Hebophilia is the strong, persistent sexual interest by by adults in pubescent uh, early adolescent children, especially those showing Tanner stages 2 to 3 of development, which is typically ages 11 to 14. It differs from pedophilia and from ephebophilia, which is sexual interest in later adolescence. It's early pubescent as opposed to prepubescent or post I can't believe that we have three different words. For, it's fucking pedophiles. To people, that, to people that are sexually attracted to children. Like, why do we have all these words for fucking pedophiles? You should only get one fucking word. Yeah. Assholes. No, yeah, just assholes, actually. Yeah. How, how, how is somebody like, hey, I'm a pe- pedophile. Vote for me. Incels are horrible, but then the softening of theories around their existence mm-hmm. is also... It's just like it can't a, be rationalized. No, it's like making a bunch of words for pedophilia, so people don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. It's pedophilia. How how would it be the other way around? Men should just be our property. Oh my god, could you imagine? Men just owe us sex. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they're only worth their penises. Yeah, like everything else that they do, <laughs> everything else that they do is <laughs> is completely inconsequential and the only power that they hold. You're worthless to our community. Yeah. Unless you stick it in. Stick it in here. It doesn't work as well the other way around. No. Sure doesn't. Because no one would believe it. You know? <laughs> like, if we if we started, like, an incelette community <laughs> online and started, like, doing... Like, everyone would be like, oh, you, that's just a spoof, guys. And they'd be right. Because no one... No so, one would... I was, like, in the laundromat today, and I was checking out this guy, 
And uh, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I was like blindly checking out this guy who's just very good looking. Mm -hmm. And he looked over at me and he looked me up and down. And I immediately looked down at my feet because I knew that I had like soap in my hair and like holes in my pants. (laughs) And I like got embarrassed and I just left. And then I told my roommate that. And he was like, I probably still wanted to have sex with you because he's a dude. Oh, my God. That's kind of true, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) No one would believe the incelettes. Exactly. (laughs) The theory has just been proven. That's science. (laughs) Hashtag science. I've been a junior salesman at Daryl's Bridal for 15 years. I have seen what females truly are. All you care about is the ring and the dress. And not one of you will go out with me! Because the women who come in here are engaged. But I also hit on their moms! But you all say, I want a nice guy with a sense of humor. And then when one is standing right behind you, rubbing your shoulders while you're looking at wedding dresses, it's all, that joke is racist, sir. We're going to talk about animal facts because talking about incels is really depressing. Animals are awesome. And animals are the best. Like the other day when I met that possum. Possum on my porch, porch possum? No, porch possum. Porch possum. Or possum porch. Maybe possum. that's his name. Yeah, maybe it is. He hasn't come back to visit again. Or her name. See, or I her name. always assume it's a him. Oh, you know what's you know what's really wild is that um after, so I posted the possum on my, I posted porch possum mm-hmm. on my page. And my friend messaged me. She's from Australia. And she was like, why do you guys have the ugliest possums? Australian possums are really cute. And she sent me all of these photos of oh, Australian yeah. possums versus American opossums. They got the O. Yeah. And it's a silent O. Yeah. Oh, is it? I have no idea why they put the O in front of it, but it, I'm pretty sure it's a it's a silent O. It's still a possum. Is that even a thing? Silent O's? Like, I know that silent B's are a thing, but silent O's? Oh, yeah. The O in a possum is spelled but not pronounced. It is yeah. a silent letter, just like the H in the word honest, which I always thought was honest. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I yeah. had no idea. Oh. oh. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh, possum. <laughs> anyway, uh, animals. Animals. Okay, first fun fact about animals. The heart of a shrimp is located in its head. So where's its brain? Maybe also in its head, which would really help me out in my love life, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? I could avoid so many things. <laughs> yeah, like on, on the first date, you could be like, okay, I have a question. Right. <laughs> Sorry, my heart and are brain you, are now closer so they yeah. can actually communicate about what a dick you are. Yeah. Are you or are you not a shrimp? <laughs> Frogs cannot vomit. What? Yeah, but if they do vomit, they'll vomit out its entire stomach, which I think would result in death. <laughs> so That's so sad. That's so sad. I had an ex-boyfriend who couldn't burp. Really? Yeah. So what if he was gassy? Did he always just fart? Probably. Wow. He wasn't big on farting around me, but I was definitely big on farting around him. You're a farter. I mean, <laughs> it's healthy. It is healthy. Listen, I'm not judging. Wow, it feels like judgment. <laughs> <laughs> around 50% of orangutans have fractured bones due to falling out of trees on a regular basis. Oh, my Mine God. are all sad. That is very sad. Yeah, why Ooh. are all of you should not have started from the bottom? Oh, I've got a good one. Okay, you go. The fingerprints of a koala are so indistinguishable from humans that they have on occasion been confused at a crime scene. What were pandas doing at a crime or koala? First of all, it's a koala. What? <clears throat> what were koalas doing <laughs> at a crime scene? <laughs> Living their best lives, Rebecca. Yeah, and interfering. In court cases. This part of the Innocence Project. (laughs) No, sir, it was a koala. All right. For another uh, down under animal, um, kangaroos can't fart. 
like your ex. That is so sad. I know. No, my ex boyfriend like could fart. He couldn't, couldn't burp. burp. I got confused about <laughs> gases. Slugs have four noses. Whoa. Wow. Well, they can smell everything. They can smell so many farts. All like of they them. can smell everything that you ate from like three days ago. But they can't smell the salt that people drop on them. Oh. Poor slugs. Poor slugs. It's all about death with you today. I know. I'm having a hard day. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> An ostrich's eye is bigger than its brain. Cool. Wow. Oh, they're so stupid. They're so stupid. They're they're, so I'm looking stupid. at a picture right now and their eyes really aren't that big. Elephants are the only animals that can't jump. Oh. Nearly 3% of the ice in Antarctic glaciers is penguin urine. That is hilarious. That's the best fact I've ever read in my entire life. Oh my God. It's just, it's built on penguin piss. Yeah. That is so funny. Yeah. So now in order to save the glaciers, we need more penguins to pee more. Yeah. (laughs) A snail can sleep for three years. That's crazy. (laughs) It's a Rip Van snail. But it makes me wonder if my snails that I thought were dead were in fact not dead. They were just napping. Rebecca, they smelled like death. Yeah, they were dead. Rebecca killed three Snails in three record snails. time. I did. Three three snails. Mary-Kate, Ashley, and then Mary-Kate, Ashley. Yeah, those were the <laughs> names of my snails. It was one of my moments of genius. To be fair, I got a pineapple under the sea and got a snail and killed it in three days. His name was Gary. R.I.P. Gary. R.I.P. Gary. And then I got a second. Gary. Gary. And he was, his name was Gary, too. And he also. And Gary then he died, too. Gary number two or Gary also? Oh, it should have been Gary also. <laughs> Next time. And then like the third Gary can be Gary also also. Gary as well. Still Gary. Gar- still Gary. Still Gary. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Welcome to My Vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. So gross. You like that? Sometimes I make myself laugh. <laughs> We'd also like to thank our fantabulous producer, Caitlin Moldenhauer of More Banana Productions for producing us hosting us and for helping us reach our goals you guys we are having an ongoing conversation and we really want to hear your thoughts questions and concerns so make sure to drop us an email at welcome to my vagina at gmail.com or dm us on instagram also welcome to my vagina we might even discuss it on our next episode also check out jesse's videos at welcome to my and please subscribe to her youtube channel Welcome to my vagina so that she doesn't have to bartend anymore. So that we don't have to bartend anymore. We don't anymore. have to. Read my blog. <laughs> Please check out FranklyRebecca.com where Rebecca slays you, politically smacks you, and reminds any misogynist to sit down and shut the fuck up because she's smarter than you. And that's a fact that I support. Also, you can find us on Twitter at Welcome to My Vag because of that fucking letter limit. <laughs> and if you want to support us, you can do that too. Just go to Patreon and type in Welcome to My Vagina Podcast and give us your money. Give us your money. Thank you so much for listening and we are stoked to prick your ears in two weeks. Bye. Rebecca, say bye. Oh, bye. See you next Tuesday. (laughs) 